everybody. Welcome to the U.S. Spell Show uh, for this week, the week of November 5th, the, the, the lead up to the USL Cup, the first one that we're doing. Uh, this episode is called uh, Keep Talking Until the Cops, or uh, Can We Act Like We're Talking Until the Cops Come? I messed up my own reference. You'll see it in the title. It's fine. <laughs> Um, I'm your host, Evan Valella. Hi, if you're new, thank you for coming. There's too many of you following us on Twitter, and I've said that when there was a thousand of you, and I mean it even more when there's nearly 1,500 of you. Um, so thank you. Uh, if you're here due to us breaking some League One news, welcome. If you're here due to us defending Charleston Battery, also welcome. It's all love. We like the USL, so we talk about it every week. Uh, I'm your host, like I said, Evan Valella. Uh, I... Uh, you know, uh, I, I'm like the best parts of Audrey Hepburn and RuPaul Charles, basically, oh, without man. any of the, um, I don't know, uh, swagger or, or good looks. But it is what it is. Uh, joining me this week, it is the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee, my good friend Phil Grooms. Phil, what's up, man? What's up? Can we talk about your reference there to yourself? Did you? Think, yeah, what's up? Did you think that through just a little bit? That wasn't off the cuff, was it? Um, it was close to off the cuff. Yeah, that was, was like good. a 30 minute ago reference. I like that combo. It's good. Thank you. It's a I'd really good combo. With, I'd hang out with that combo and, um, you know, I would I'd, just hang out with RuPaul if I'm honest. <laughs> It'd be, you know, I would enjoy it for real. Yeah. And anyway, and the other one, what's her name? <laughs> Audrey Hepburn. Uh, Audrey Hepburn, man. Like, <laughs> would you love gotta, to hang on, with man. Audrey Hepburn. Um, also joining me this week. Speaking of comparisons of people, I kind of stole your your my own nickname gimmick for you. It's the best parts of Chuck Palahniuk and Elliot Smith, uh, all wrapped into one. It's the biggest man in the USL. Big Kev, Kevin McCamish. Big fluffy man. What's up? Big fluffy man. Portland sure. Timbers. Here we go. Portland Timbers. Here we go. Good yep. morning, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Because I absolutely had everything to do with it. You had all of the things to do with that win. <laughs> you went down there. You went Geo. Listen. This is how it's going to be. And he went, you know what, random fan, because he probably doesn't know who you are. You're, you're, you're right. And that's what we did. It was the first game that I've been able to make. Uh, yeah. Make it to in Portland like in, in, in months, actually. Well, that's all right. I've been so busy. That's fine. Just Perfect. be glad the team made it there, too. You know, that's a big one. That's true. <laughs> uh, also joining us last and certainly not least. If the USL had an Equestria, he would be our Rainbow Dash. Uh, if he hates your team, it's uh, one, because he has the facts to back it up, and two, uh, because you're right. He probably does. It's uh, it's Pony. It's weird only having one more game left this season. I know. Where are you going to spew your game. hate in the offseason? <laughs> I don't know. I think the Bengals are still playing. Mm, I love that you just said that we need a third-place game. <laughs> the bronze. The, what are we, okay, no, hold on. Um, what are we pitching that the third place like award be? Mm-hmm. A hearty pat on the back. Can it be the old guard shield? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. So, okay. so if we would have had a third place game this season, it would have yeah. been it would have been uh, Orange County versus mm-hmm. uh, New York Red Bulls two. Um, ah. Just since we're talking about it, who do you guys think would win between those two? Oh, I'm yeah. I'm Orange County. I don't, Probably. actually. Does travel matter, or like, are they playing this at a, at a neutral site somewhere? Oh, that's a good point. Um, who was the they should, Hold on. They should play it at Luke, uh, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium in Indy. That's actually a good point. Do it. <laughs> Although, I guess the highest seed wouldn't matter because Orange County couldn't host nothing no matter what this year. Right? It's true. You're it's true. It, you're, doing it, you're doing it on the East Coast no matter what. Oh, man. Yeah. What so, do you so think like, uh, like 200 fans in Red Bull Arena Stadium will make a difference? Are we? Are they like flying us out and then counting us like five times? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Well, but, hey, I'll go um, to this game if they're going to fly us out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. I would actually can't get any that. more neutral than St. Louis. That's true, Stephen. I know. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't play favorites between East and West. It's it, you, <laughs> you are always in East or West or East or West, right? We'd love to cheer. We'd love to have bias, but we're not sure what we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, like hold, don't don't say anything. Like knock on wood because the 2019 schedule hasn't come out yet, so we don't know. You'll uh, you'll just keep looking at Jake Edwards and seeing if he's like I don't know, uh, like uh, on the eastern side or the western <laughs> side of the stadium, and you'll be like, oh, that guy has to mean something. <laughs> I'm gonna be watching him like a defendant watches a jury come tell him whether they're guilty. Wow, or I'm watching. That's... Hey guys, um, I know there wasn't a lot of soccer played this week, but there was soccer played this week. Imagine. Um, that was my attempt to try to get things back on track. So uh, with that being said, let's get into the news and then we will talk, uh, uh, well, a little bit of the news and then we'll talk about the games that I think will end on the uh, on the first team and, and second team all league voting things here. Um, news that came out broke by uh, us, in fact, in part. USL League One announces their uh, their season structure for their inaugural campaign in 2019. Um, it'll be 10 teams. It's a single table, so not an East and a West. That's just 10 teams, one through 10. Four-team playoff. It's 28 games, uh, with each club playing eight teams three times and one team four times. Very nice. So a little bit of that like regional rivalry that we saw USL do in 2016 and 17, where you play a team three times. Um, or well, yeah, three times, but they moved it up to four just because there's only 10 teams. Um, and then the 10th team announced as FC Dallas's, uh, MLS two side, um, who are not being called the, what was it? Dallas tornadoes was the copyright. Uh, I was told by the league that was a placeholder trademark and that, uh, FC Dallas themselves will announce the branding, uh, at a later date as well as coaches and, and uh, players and things like that. So but what kind like if they could, the Dallas trainer doesn't sound half bad. And then it's not. And then they're also like going in uncharted territory by naming a two side without the number two or the letter two or the word two anywhere in it. Watch yeah. the see Dallas Roman numerals two. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the whole name? There we go. Okay. All right. Roman numerals two. <laughs> But it's, no, but see, it's, they gotta get they gotta get creative. They have to name the team the Romans and just have two pillars in the background. But it's it's Roman numerals too, and it's it's like uh, it's like also like T O O. Oh no! I like that. that's good. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Right. So uh, let, let's talk something legit about this schedule. Sure. Is that yeah. I, it looks like it only starts if the 2019 schedule is anything like uh, 2018 for USL mm-hmm. championship. It only starts like two weeks before and ends right around the same time. So, yeah, you know, I kept wondering if teams were going to if it was going to affect like player movements, like if a team's out of it and they end the season two, three, four, five weeks before championship, then a whole bunch of players are going to move. Well, looks like it'll be just less midweek games for uh, league one mm. and have the mm, same, mm, same amount mm. of time start to finish at least. So, yeah. Yeah. First week is March 29 to 31. Uh, last week of the regular season is October 4th through the 6th playoffs start on, uh, on the 11th, uh, 11th to the 13th of October, and they are done the 17th through the 21st. So, um, 14 playoff pretty quick to get to, you know, where you need to be. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go up to 12 or more for, for 2020, if I'm honest. Oh yeah. I think it'll be easy. I think it'll be easy. And they've, you know, I think that could be even two teams and, expansion teams because it sounds mm-hmm. like there's guys waiting in the wings to get in so yep yeah yeah which is great yeah um fun fact phoenix rising coach uh rick Shantz was actually one of the uh owners of fc tucson back in the day there you go um oh and then uh then some other uh usl show show related news um, wasn't able to get a hold of anybody today at the league. So sorry, Ryan, for playing phone tag with you. Um, the plan, I know everyone's a little busy with a game coming up on Thursday. Um, plan is to talk to uh, Louisville City head coach John Hackworth and captain uh, Paolo Del Piccolo, as well as uh, Phoenix Rising FC head coach Rick Shantz and a player to be named later. I don't know who it's going to be. Um I know who everyone would like it to be, but I don't know if it's going to be that guy. So I won't say anything. Um, And I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't know when we're going to have that for you, if we're going to have that for you. But there is totally um, 
things in the works that I don't probably even know about to make those guys available to me to ed- to interview them and get it uploaded before Thursday night's final. So stay tuned for all that stuff. But I'm really excited because that's a very nice thing to have to talk to all those gentlemen. Um, yeah. It's a big deal. It is. We're excited. I'm, I'm to excited. Get and, and, you know, we're all kind of talking about questions behind the scenes and they keep flowing in. There's a lot to talk about. A lot of interesting yeah, stories too that we've been looking into. You've been yeah. There's into. A, there's a couple really fun things with uh, with Del Piccolo and and uh, playing college ball at U of Louisville and played for Arizona United in 2014, I think. And um, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot more to it than you'd think just by looking at uh, I don't know player names. Yep, that's a good teaser, right? That's, that's good enough. <laughs> that's good enough. I would have liked to have a, hey, we're going to interview all these guys X day so I can get it out to people X day, but it is what it is. I get it. Not like it's a busy week for the league or anything, you yeah, know, right. with the final. Um, speaking of, I guess we should talk about the games that got us there. Uh, oh, where is it? There it is. I got it. For the last time this season, probably. I will flick the, flip the, the Talking Jacks pin. Uh, again, is it evenly weighted? No, of course not. It's a pin. Have you ever felt a pin? They're not evenly weighted, but I'm flipping it nonetheless. Uh, heads, as it were, means Eastern Conference, just because our friends Alex and, and Goose are Eastern Conference people. Tails means West. We have a Tails. That no is, way! That is impressive, actually. That's the lighter side. So we're going to talk about the Western Conference. Uh, Orange County won the first seed. And the third seed, Phoenix Rising, two. Dream start for Phoenix. Cortez scores in the second minute. And then Drogba, who else, puts home the uh, the game winner, matter of fact, in the 73rd. Hashimoto gets one back for, uh, for Orange County in the 82nd. But uh, that was not enough. Phoenix advances to their first Western Conference final. Guys, thoughts on this one? Dream start is right. The I feel like that was like that was it almost. If you watch the whole mm. game, OC never really got started, and um, I think this is what Pony said at the end of our last episode that perhaps the best defense will win the day. Well, it's a mix, of course, because of the early goal that threw everything out the window pretty quickly. But uh, Phoenix really locked it down. I never really saw a good attack that was like the OC that we know and love. You know that mm. kind of dangerous play, getting balls in behind. Uh, Quinn was managed very nicely. Um, they were just able to defend out, and I, I think they had a really good game. Once they got that first goal, it was it was almost shut down at that point. Yeah. Right. I think Phoenix, their defense looked a lot better in this game. For the first two games, they looked at Portland. They looked a little shaky. Against Swope Park, they allowed two goals, and it probably could have been more. But Orange County's a good offense, and they locked them down for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't a complete blowout orange county was definitely in this one one lucky bounce so to speak would probably have tipped it the other way but that first goal almost seemed to change the script for phoenix where they didn't need to press and attack as much as they normally do and kind of just absorb the pressure from orange county and as it went on it looked like orange county got more and more desperate and disjointed at their attack yeah, I mean, they, they had their dangerous moments for sure, but it wasn't anything, it wasn't flashy, it wasn't smooth, it was like, you know, let's bounce the ball around a lot because we're all right here around the box, and, and they just never were able to quite finish. They, one of those could have gone in, and the game could have changed completely, but another another story in this game, I think, was like, I feel like Phoenix played the ref the right way. I don't know if anyone mm. else got that vibe from this game, but if there's, you know, there's always this like undermining story of who can play the ref the best way. And sometimes it, it comes into play and Phoenix really, you, they, they knew they figured out how he was calling and, and they used it to their benefit. Um, I'm not sure how many refs go against what Drogba is, is claiming say, is one thing. Have, uh, an out legend on their team. I know. And, and man, I, you almost get the feeling the ref doesn't want to say no to Drogba, but <laughs> They did once or twice, but, but man, if he went down, there was a whistle. And, uh, you know, I just looked at one play and I was like, he's 
twice the size of the person that just knocked him down. He went down twice to at his yep. at his own choice, you know what I mean? And, and then the whistle came, mm-hmm. and so it's hard to watch that sometimes. But that's soccer, you know. He's he's playing it tactically, so there it is. But if I was the Orange County fan and I was present, I'd be screaming at Drogba the whole game. <laughs> I know for a fact I would have been frustrated. And that's I guess that's the real story is that OC showed a lot of frustration. I think partly because they couldn't get their thing going the way they they hoped and normally do. And then I think that the ref and, and the fouling did did play into that a little bit as well. Yeah, um, what blew me away upon uh, you know going onto the um, man as slow as it is to load sometimes. I love that we have all the optostats at our disposal now. Possession sixty seven to thirty three in favor of Orange County, which mm-hmm. is crazy. Um, the problem, Orange County had 19 shots to Phoenix's 13, but they only put four on target as opposed to Phoenix's five. So Yeah, at the first half, it was four to 11. OC was okay. in charge, but none of those shots were all that good, you know? Right, yeah. You got to be clinical with... Well, you, you have to be clinical, but you also have to make good chances, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't... Sure, Anna Voltson and and Quinn and you know I mean they have playmakers on that team that can pull something out of nothing, but it's a lot easier, especially for Orange County, who you know we've seen you know they like to move the ball around, they like to get open, they like to find space. You got to do a little better than that. And mm-hmm. Pony, like you were saying, I I guess Phoenix heard us or, or saw your tweet about their defense being a little shaky because they were able to tighten things up enough that. It wasn't a, as big of a deal until Phoenix was up two to two to two to zero at the point where Rahashio yeah. got his. So, yeah, I think if the either the first or second round Phoenix team showed up to this game, Orange County would have won. But they fixed the the weaknesses, or either just found a way to really shut down the key Orange County attackers, and they got through it. But it'll be interesting to see him now against a team who put up five goals. I'm not sure. That's a whole different level of attack they're facing right. this round. Right. Well, they're missing a, a piece or two. Might be interesting. But Phoenix has to travel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Going to the East. Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, the thing is, at I, least. I'm older and out of shape, but when I had to fly to Kansas City and Dallas earlier this year, that was like, oh, man, this is so far. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I was in coach. I don't know. <laughs> I say though, I think Louisville have quite as big of a home field advantage because you're playing in a different stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm still a big proponent in things like elevation and unique mm-hmm. small or small pitches, baseball stadiums. I think that's harder to get used to than fans. I mean, Dedicated. anyone could get anyone could get used to eight thousand screaming people. Right. You can't get used to playing on a wonky stadium oh. once per year. And especially Phoenix can get used to 8,000 screaming people because, you know, that's a number they pull in and then some a lot of games. So um, I think where where yeah. is going to be at in Louisville? Isn't it on a nice? It's yeah, at, the, uh, the University of Louisville's soccer field, which is where uh, Lou City played their Open Cup games. I heard, I heard it's high quality, though. It is. So it's, I, I mean, it's... Yeah, I went to one of those Open Cup games. It's a very nice stadium. It has a cool wedge on on one of the behind one of the goals, um, and that's where I sat with the Luligans, and it was it was really nice. And the pitch is super nice. And when we were there, they were in the process of they had grown the grass wider so that it could be a, a standard size pitch. So honestly, mm-hmm. I I haven't seen the Phoenix grass up close, but honestly, the field itself, the pitch itself, is probably going to be closer to Phoenix's home field uh more so than obviously louisville so a lot less dirt phoenix's home field <laughs> a lot less spray paint from what i've heard <laughs> uh, let's not talk about that yeah. i'm so glad the final's not going to be a at red bull arena and yeah. then be on, on a baseball field i think this is i think that's the biggest win is that we have two independent sides you know going at it and that is yeah. to me awesome yeah for sure we got chirped that a couple times this uh, in in the build up to a couple of the playoff games. Yeah. Was, hey, I just want the indie teams in. It's like, all right, yeah, that's fair. Um. Anyway, I guess we'll segue into it. Louisville City playing at home five 
Red Bull 2-1. Uh, Ilya Illich in the 23rd. Spencer in the 32nd. Tom Barlow gets one back for Red Bulls in the 60th. And you go, this will be a fun you know, final half hour. Speedy Williams gets a hat trick in 11 minutes, scores in the 64th, the 73rd, and the 75th. And then who else but Brian Ownby in the 81st puts the game away if it wasn't already. Um, or I guess he just figured, oh, well, it's a playoff game, so that means I have to score. Um, six goals. Is it? Oh, yeah, look at that. That is six. How did I do that? Did, did they score six? I didn't watch the game. Did they score six? I don't Do we add him on here somewhere? No, it was 5-1. I think maybe Williams had two instead of three, but I may be wrong about that. I think you're right. Let me go find out. That's We're all desperately checking. Come on, find it. I'm sure someone's already getting there and is closer than I am. Regardless, uh, Lucy, a commanding win. 5-1. to one. Uh, Maybe not the fight we were expecting out of Red Bull. Um especially after their, their last game against Cincy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's a solid win. Huge momentum for Lou City. The only problem, uh, and we don't know, we don't know what Cortez's injury is like for Phoenix. We don't know what Cam Lancaster's injury is like for Louisville. Um, Good news, when you have a guy like Speedy Williams that can come off the bench and score two goals in a conference final, he's going to have some some confidence and some momentum going into the to the cup final. Um, so I almost wouldn't be surprised to see him start. But I also um, think Luke Spencer is one of the best off-the-bench strikers in the USL. Uh, it's, it's worrying that they have two of those guys. Right. You know? Um, guys, I guess, you know, what are some takeaways here on Louisville just not playing around and getting to their uh, getting to defend their title now. So I mean, they're, yeah, they're good. I mean, I think I think it doesn't matter who Louisville plays. I think if they're playing like this, they win the East basically every time. I don't care who they're going up against. Yeah. And I think almost five one, it was almost more lopsided than that. Louisville was just that unbelievably good. Hmm. I mean, I've been, I was can you done. Say, Rookie, can you just say it would have been six so I sound better? Sure. It should have been six. <laughs> but <laughs> it was one of those games where it just Louisville just dominated both sides of the ball. And early on, it seemed like New York had almost no chance. Oh. I mean, I think early on, I mean, the turf monster saved a penalty for against New York early on in the game. <laughs> yeah. But this was just such a blowout and Louisville looks so good. And this is, this is what has afraid of happening in New York eventually, because these guys had four shutouts all season. And then they shut out two opponents and two quality opponents in the first round of the playoffs. It's just one of those where, you know, it's coming They're as talented as some of their defenders are. They're not this good. And everything, I think this, the, the dam broke and Louisville oh, yeah. piled on. It's, it was one of those. I just New York is a good, fun to watch team, but that defense is so bad. Ever since their, ever since the year they won it all, where their defense was great. Since mm-hmm. then, it's just been a disaster. I've been really surprised at how well Red Bull has been able to defend because that's not something you think about with their system. You know, you don't think about shutouts with a Red Bull high pressing system much. And so I don't know. I almost felt like the dam was going to break with them on that. But and this was an example of what it looks like when it goes wrong. Right. (laughs) For that system, because you look at possession, they pretty much dominated it. It wasn't 67 to 33 like Orange County had against Phoenix, but 56 to 43 as an away team is awesome. You take that every time you get it. Mm. Um, and, you know, same idea with Orange County here. Red Bull, 15 shots, three on target. It's bad. That's real bad. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, their defense, like, obviously, Hassan and Dom is an absolute stud, and his stock within that organization could not be any higher than, than it is because he's played lights out in the playoffs for the most part. 
Um, gives up a kind of cheap penalty in this game. But besides that one mistake, he's been phenomenal. Um, as a fan of the union organization, kind of hurts to say, but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, Louisville, you know, listen, this is what they're built for. Mm-hmm. They have depth for days. And and this score probably wouldn't have been any different if Lancaster played 90. Yeah, right. I also want to hear, I'm excited for your interviews this week as well, because I really want to hear from those coaches, like how they, how they chose to neutralize their opponents. Cause it, it worked in both uh-huh. cases. So I'm uh-huh. really curious, uh-huh. like, you know, is it, I don't know to see what their focus was in game planning and, and see if that's what it was that, that, that happened, that made it work. I, uh, I will say there is a tattoo on the line here, not oh. for me personally, but, uh, yeah. Who? What are we talking Somebody. about here? Uh, a certain John Hackworth might have made a promise that no. if we're going to win the whole thing, he's going to get ink. So <laughs> I'm definitely going to ask him about that. Oh, my gosh. This is good stuff. Hey, I uh, I got some friends in, in Kentucky <laughs> that are looking out for me. That's all I'm saying. This is amazing. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Anyway, well, I think we should um, ask everybody a fun question, and that being like, oh, no, that's totally a part of it for sure. What? Uh, no, I mean, like, uh, right here. What? What tattoo, Evan? Oh. What tattoo would you get? Would you tell your team, "I'll get this tattoo if we go all the way"? Oh, what would it be? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, at least for Bethlehem, it would be just the I beam, which is like actually cool looking. So, like, that's a good point. Save myself the embarrassment. <laughs> I would almost want to make it something stupid. I don't know you what it would be. Fleur de Lee, that'd be cool. That's true. The Fleur de Lee would be good. Just the crest. Kev, what would your what would your Portland Timbers tattoo? You have a lot of options. I'm kind of jealous. I don't know if I would be able to settle on one. I had seriously considered getting one when we won the 2015 MLS Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's I could get you know there's a lot of different things I could do yeah. if I wasn't like if I wasn't like a broke and be like not afraid of needles but like I don't want to get poked a bajillion times to get some ink <laughs> um I would probably already have one <laughs> sure. no like I, I I couldn't the thing is like I couldn't really decide and I can't that's not something I can think of off the top of my head I've I can tell you one thing. I've put a lot of thought into it, and I still can't decide. Fair enough. Okay, I, I just thought of what I would want it to get if, right. if this here St. Louis went all the way. Ready? Yeah. One is a buttoned-up uh, British Poulis with like a, a nice smirk on his face, staring down uh, angry, um, preppy, yeah. angry preppy. <laughs> okay. Very good. Very good. I think that would be nice. That's a lot of, that's very, that's like a multiple session tattoo though. Yeah, it is for sure. I'd go in for color and everything, shading. Yeah. You got to oh, get yeah. that smirk correct, you know? You do, then, you really do. Angry preppy, like I hopefully. I lay down the outline for that smirk like five times, <laughs> you know, it's one of those. And I'll get plastic surgery on the police side <laughs> and then like preppy's just going to get wrinklier and angrier every Ooh, year. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pony, what would your Sacramento Republic related tattoo be? I don't know. I mean, I would just take the safe answer. Just say you just got to go with the crest and hope your team doesn't rebrand the next year. Can you? <laughs> can your tattoo, in fact, just be like the FC Cincinnati logo, like upside down, showing it it's in distress yes. or something? <laughs> I, I almost made that joke, then I decided to avoid it, talking about them. There we go. Can't wait for the. You can't go a week without talking about us, people, to come back. And I didn't bring it up. Alternating caps and lowercase please. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, just for for the folks at home and to be a nice show for the league, it is Louisville City versus Phoenix, uh, the USL Cup final, ESPN two, Thursday, November eighth, eight p.m. Eastern, seven p.m. Central, six Mountain, five Pacific. Um, Phoenix's first trip, they're feeling away about it. Louisville, the defending champions, they're looking to win back-to-back titles for the first time in USL history, I believe, uh, and remain undefeated. I put it home, but that's not exactly correct. They're looking to remain undefeated in the state of Kentucky in the postseason. Uh, 
in USL play. So a lot to chew on. Again, stay tuned for those interviews. I will uh, tweet about them when I know when they're happening so everyone's in the loop. If you have any questions, feel free to let us know. Um, you know, add us on the Twitters and ask away. If they're good, I'll totally try to ask them. If they're not, I uh, probably won't because it's like full people's times. So there you go. Uh, guys, the other bit of news that came out, as it is prone to do around this time of year, was the uh, USL All-League first and second teams. And uh, I figured we'd talk about those, and then we did some voting of our own, and I figured we'd go over that, and then we will be done. So that being said, uh, USL All-League first team, your goalkeeper, Max Crapeau from Ottawa, defenders Paco Craig of Louisville, Joe Greenspan of Pittsburgh, and Forrest Lasso of Cincinnati, midfielders Ta Anunga of Charleston, uh, Solomon Asante of Phoenix, Emmanuel Ledesma of Cincinnati, a- Aiden Quinn of Orange County, forwards uh, Thomas N. of Olson of Orange County, Cam Lancaster of Louisville, and uh, Daniel Rios? Oh, I forgot his first. I think that's right. Yeah, so North Carolina FC. It's all right. I have uh, all their stats and things pulled up. Um, Max Crapu makes the first team. Uh, USL regular season record 15 shutout. 82 saves across 31 appearances for a 7-2.6 save percentage. Uh, this is a guy that we like admitted to not talking about enough at the end of the season because I think Brandon Miller, who's the goalkeeper for the... Uh, uh, Charlotte Independence was like, yo, 15 clean sheets. And we were all like, oh, yeah, that's right. So um, nice to see Max get some uh, get some love from the media and others here. And don't forget they had defensive problems in the very beginning, too. So that's a big that's a big thing. Right. Ottawa's really shaky on the back line for a lot of the season. Yeah. So it's it's one of those. Sometimes the best player doesn't have to be from one of the top teams. Um, defenders, uh, Paco Craig makes it second among defenders, 239 duels, one, uh, top five among defenders, 133 aerials, 171 possession recoveries. Joe Greenspan, um, led the Hounds defense, tied the USL regular season record with 17 shutouts. Uh, he put up 176 clearances, 67.1% of duels and 76.2% of aerial duels. And then uh, Forrest Lasso makes it back on the first team again. 223 clearances, second league with 32 block shots, 172 aerials, and an 82.7% success rate. Like I said last week, if he could have finished in the air against Red Bull, we'd be looking at Cincy and Louisville in the Eastern Conference Final instead, and who knows how that goes. Hmm. Um, guys, any thoughts on any of, any of these defenders? A very Eastern Conference defensive first team here. Someone mentioned that the the first team only has three Westerners, actually, so... Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I will say I agree, especially with the back line. That's almost like those are three of the guys that I picked. And but I was only going by like eyeball test. I wasn't looking at stats. They actually looked at a lot of stats, I'm sure. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyone disagree? I feel like they're pretty good choices. Yeah, there's nothing here that's egregious, at least. Oh, oh, I guess we're not talking about our picks, but yeah. Yeah, let's just move on, maybe. <laughs> uh, midfield Tananga, um let outfield players with 308 possession recoveries, 72 tackles, one, 83.51 passing accuracy on uh, on 52 and a half passes per 90 minutes, which is crazy. Solomon Asante, 13 goals, eight assists to lead Phoenix Rising to uh, to a top three finish, obviously. Third in the league in chances created with 98 and fourth in chances created from open play with 56. Emmanuel Ledesma, I don't think I need to explain why he's here, but I'll do it anyway. Uh, 16 assists in the regular season, 16 goals. First player in USL history with 15 and 15 in the same season. And then Aiden Quinn, so happy to see him here. I'm, I'm very much the, uh, I don't know, pastor and proprietor of the Church of Quinn. Uh, <laughs> played every minute of the regular season, which I think is enough to get you on here. Just about... Uh, 11 goals, 14 assists, led the league with 103 chances created, finished second among outfield players with 289 possession mm-hmm. recoveries. I don't see how anyone really complains about this either, right? Yeah, Nunga was interesting to hear you list off his his stuff because I hadn't considered him at all, like not at all. So that's important for a team like uh, Char- uh, Charleston that we didn't expect to be as good. That had to be a big help in the midfield. 
Yeah. Yeah, quietly had a great season. It was one of those I really didn't think of him either. Less enough. Those I, he wasn't even the first player on Charleston I would have considered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that guy made the second team. I'm kind of a Garrett fanboy, so I yeah. almost put him on my list. But yeah, that's really good stuff. Someone to watch next year a little better for sure. For sure, for sure. And then uh, your forwards, Thomas and Avolts in Orange County. Uh, tied for second in the league with 20 goals. Chance conversion rate of 28 point. I'll give him 29%. It's 28.99. So we'll call it an even 29. Also got nine assists, 63 chances created. Played every minute of the regular season for Orange County. Cameron Lancaster, again, I don't need to explain why he's here, but I'll do it. 25 goals, claimed the golden boot. Scored at a rate of a goal every 80.16 minutes while registering seven of his tallies from outside the penalty area. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel Rios, who quietly put together 20 goals, chance conversion rate of 32.79%, the highest of any player to record at least 15 goals in the regular season. He averaged a goal every 111 minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, those were the consensus number one and number two forwards in Anna Voltson and, and Lancaster. Um, but really cool to see Rios up there as well. Yeah, deserved. That's someone we didn't talk about as, in, enough, but he is someone I followed, actually, because I, I was really impressed with the numbers he was putting up. And and that's kind of another thing that happens. You know, no excuses for Anunga, but with Rios, they didn't make the playoffs, so it wasn't you know, watched as well. So, Well, and, and to go back, I think a big part of the reason why Greenspan made this list was because he was so clutch on set piece pieces for Pittsburgh down the stretch, you know? Um, and that, that's a huge thing for them. So I think a part of it was him kind of willing Pittsburgh to have some really solid momentum. Whereas, you know, Rios were North Carolina, they were kind of flaming out like really hard, um, you know, towards the end of the season. So unfortunately, you know, he might get overlooked because it's not as sexy of a pick as Louisville or Orange County or Phoenix or Cincy, you know, um, it is what it is. Pony, Kev, is there anybody in the Western Conference that you would like put up here or just want to kind of give some credit to? I mean, at least not to me, anyone who I'm going to be upset got left off. It's mm. one of those where I can't really say, well, this should have been this. This should have been, I mean, this wouldn't have been my first team, but there'd be a mm. lot of overlap with what I would have. And I don't think there's anyone who I think got completely snubbed here even if I do think a couple of people should be swapped from team to team. I know. Yeah. I'm looking at my own picks to see if I would pick anyone, but man, I'm really Eastern heavy too. Do you think that's because there were just like three star teams this year and then they stacked up the stats a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I can't. I had that thought because that's some, something when they brought up that there were only three Western guys in, in the list. I was like, maybe that's why. That's all I can think of. Whereas the West seemed a little See, bit I, closer, perhaps. Like, I really like the guys that they put for the Western Conference in the second team. Yeah. You know, like, I, I and I guess I'll get into it. Um, your goalkeeper for the second team, Josh Cohen, a Sac Republic, uh, 117 saves, which is the second highest in the league. Save percentage is 78.52. Uh, played every minute of the season, which is ridiculous for mm-hmm. a goalkeeper. Um, 12 shutouts, a .94 GAA, goals against average. Um, yeah, our picks, he finished second for goalkeeper of the year. So, you know, this is exactly where he should be, probably. A phenomenal season, and, you know... Um, yeah. Again, no complaints really. No. The defense is really fun on the second team. Because it's three guys that I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> like you don't think about it, but you're like, all right, yeah, cool. Um Iose for Indy eleven. Um eight assists as a defender, fifty seven chances created, four goals, uh, with a thirty six point three six percent accuracy rate on his crosses. Um, that like, if you let Iose get forward this year, you were going to have some problems. Cause I mean, he was lethal and just really clever with the ball. Um, definitely a, a guy I think that has some, something in the U S maybe I'll say, um, 
And then the other two defenders, Darnell King from San Antonio. Uh, five assists, 24 chances created, recorded uh, 170 possession recoveries, 69 nice interceptions, and uh, 127 clearances, uh, which was uh, good enough for uh, the best stats for San Antonio defensively in all of those categories. So, um, you know, they lost uh, <laughs> Sebastian Ibiaga, mm-hmm. right? Close to New York City FC. Um, so to have a guy like King, you know, it's a different position, but play that well is, is massive for them. And then, uh, Denso Kev, is it you list? Do you know? I think it is. He's Haitian. I just looked up that he's Haitian. That's, so that would be the French pronunciation. Cool. Um, made the 2018 USL 20 under 20, which is a, which is a, uh, really cool list. If you haven't checked that one out, it's on the website. Uh, you can literally just probably Google USL 20 under 20. It's a really fun list of guys. Um, second season with Sounders 2. Tied for third in the league with 78 interceptions. Also had 20 chances created. For a team, we were talking about it if you were here, uh, like right when we started at about 9 o'clock, you got like five minutes of weird MLS talk as well as uh, voting <laughs> talk. So you're welcome. But uh, for a team with old center backs like the Seattle Sounders have, he's going to be pretty vital for them coming up. So it's really cool that he's able to put in some good shifts with the you know, Sounders too, um, as not good as that team is. Hmm. But I think it's so much harder for him to be a good defender on a very bad two team. You know what I mean? Like I think that's part of what makes Krapos... Uh, First team selection, not surprising. Is it so much harder to be a defensive-minded player or a goalkeeper on a team that just lets in a ton of goals and doesn't win games? Yep. Throw in 20, you know, like 24 kids in in rotation from the right. academy, you know. Like, they don't stand a chance at having any form of, uh, you know, standardized defending from week to week. Yeah. yeah, that's cool that they threw that in there and that he's doing that well in that system like that. I was hoping he was American. That's why I looked him up. I was like, oh, man, is this 19-year-old American? He's not. So He tried. <laughs> he might be at the uh, uh, CONCACAF uh, Games U-20 Gold Cup right now, yeah. perhaps, which the U.S. Yeah. is playing right now. Uh, your midfield, Kyle Becker. I love Kyle Becker. 13 assists, 63 chances, uh, 81.08% accuracy rate on... Uh, about 49 passes every every game, which is great. Mm-hmm. Corbin Bow, which is a weird one, 11 goals, four assists. Um, you know, 83.78 passing accuracy rate and 38 chances created from open play. Cornado Forbes uh, led the Hounds with eight assists, notch four goals, um, 285 possession recoveries, which is the third among outfield players, and 50 interceptions, especially for a winger in that system. Like that kind of defensive backtracking is. Like he can play for Bob Lilly forever, <laughs> easily. In fact, Bob will probably try to keep him until he gets too expensive and find someone else. Yeah, I mean he's not an option for next year, I imagine. So I, I can't, I don't, I can't imagine he won't be back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then Leba Maloto. Uh, seven goals, five assists. Nashville got their postseason berth by the skin of their teeth. Uh, 51 chances created, 80.79 passing accuracy rate on 44 passes every game. Um, again, I I think him and Mensa were developing really well at the beginning of the season, and then they brought in Allen, and, and that might have thrown things off a little bit as far as those two guys developing. But Maloto um, is just fun to watch. He is. And you, you think maybe he, on a different team he would have scored or assisted a little bit more than he did. Almost definitely, right? I Yeah. I, and, like, I don't know if he wasn't given the freedom that he might need or, or, or be a little better at if he's just a guy where it's, all right, get the ball cut inside, try to shoot kind of thing. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, seven goals, five assists for anybody is massive. Especially not for a, you know for a midfield player as opposed to a forward. 
speaking of forwards, Haji Barry, Simple Park Rangers, uh, 17 regular season goals, which is a new high for SPR, uh, set a league record with a streak of eight consecutive games with a goal, um, which really helped bring SPR across the, the, the postseason line. Uh, Atula Guerra led the battery of 15 goals, got five assists, as well as 32 chances created from open play. Uh, I mean, we've talked about him a good bit, but it was, you know, who's going to replace Romario Williams? And Atula Guerra stepped up and did that and then some, really. Yep. Playing a different role uh, on top of that. Yep. This and then Pony, uh, your boy, Kamalasa, 17 goals, six assists for Sacramento Republic. Season's single uh single season scoring record for them as well also became its all-time leading scorer uh and the sac republic finished second in the west yeah i mean definitely a talented player and for offense that usually struggled to get going it was nice to have someone like that around any uh, any final thoughts before we get into our picks I think this applies to more than one guy, but on this list, but um, I've I've been kind of weird about Corbin Bone, where I feel like yeah. I don't I don't worry I worry about him on the next level, like if he tries to make it with the US or the MLS team next year. Um, to me, he doesn't pass the eye test, but when you list off his stats, I was like, okay, it makes sense that he's in here and he scores more goals than I think he will. But man, I I don't I don't know if he's going to do much better than I, I, that. I, I, the stat that is going to be the most important for him in MLS is his ball winning capabilities. Yeah. Like if he turns into like a, um, you know, Daigo Chara with the Timbers or mm-hmm. um, like Kyle Beckerman or, or like uh, Ali Bedoya or, um, you know, there's, I mean, there's a whole host of, of number sixes and number eights that just win balls and that are kind of destroyer types yeah. that are massive because if you, you know, obviously, one of those fundamental truths of soccer. If you control the ball in the midfield, you're doing all right. And I think his goal totals are going to just plummet into the ground. Um, I feel really comfortable saying that just because I don't think he's going to get those kind of looks in MLS because he's not going to have that kind of time. Mm. But if they just say, hey, you're going to sit here and if anyone comes your way with the ball, you're going to win it or you're going to go through them. That's great. Yeah, and I wasn't thinking about how good he is at that, and he is. I was only focusing on those offensive stats and passing stats, but that's huge. That's really huge, and you can be, just like you said, even if those those goals plummet next year, that's not that big a deal if he serves that role. That's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of players on either list who actually I feel good about making it in MLS. Yeah. I mean, there's some that you feel have a chance, but... I mean, if you had to make a, a, might make it in, like a Lache might make it in, um, you know. Yeah, I'm just thinking if I had to make a starting, well, I could get like a, an 18-player team out of only uh, USL players, I don't think they'd be a good MLS team by any means. I think they'd be near the tail end. Mm-hmm. They might not be dumpster fire, but I don't think anyone could create a team only with USL players who is going to be a playoff ML, MLS team. It's the skill difference is just still that much. Well, here's here's the other question though is I think we've talked about this before. What about a USL squad, say a USL All Star squad with two or three DPS added on? You know, then that if you might gave be, me that first team all eleven, like they're making the playoffs. Yeah, I think they. Yeah, I think so too. I think they still. I think they'll be close. I'd I'd say they're just outside, but. They're not going to be a bad team, but there's there's no way they're a good MLS team. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you could say that Cincinnati has obviously one DP, and then Alache, you know, played for an MLS team. So they, what do you think? They probably would have been the worst, or second or third worst in MLS in 33 games, right? Yeah, somewhere around there. Oh man, Colorado were bad though. I see. They're I know. Bad. I'm thinking of them, and like Minnesota was pretty terrible. I guess Orlando had its bad looks as well. Yeah, and Orlando was not. There was some growing pains there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, do we want to start with coach and work our way back to MVP? Let's do it. Sounds good. Why not? Cool. Uh, what we did, Pony was kind enough. He said, "Everyone vote for things." So we did it. 
We had uh, MVP and then runner up one, two, three, four. Keeper, runner up one, two, three, four. Defender, runner up one, two, three, four. Coach, runner up one, two, three, and four. Um, we all voted. Pony tabulated the things. It is, what is it, seven points for the person we vote yeah. for MVP and then five runner up one, three for runner up two, two for runner up three, one for runner up four. Yeah, that was just to make it more weighted so your first pick is worth a lot more. Yeah. And then we came out to uh to some some winners. Uh coach of the year. I don't I guess I'll just list off all what is this, six people? Uh first place, Brayden Cloutier. I think, right? Oh uh, no. So I just what? listened to the broadcast. Uh Watts said he was correct. It's Cloutier. Cloutier. I like that a lot better. Right. He said at some point in his soccer career, people started pronouncing it the French way. And, and, and oh, and he swam with it? I guess so. Oh, so it's the Pulisic. Uh, right. Pulisic. Exactly. Oh, so good. <laughs> All right. Mad respect for Brayden, though. All right. Um, so Cloutier, uh, Lily in second, Anhauser in third, uh, Koch in fourth, Knowles for Portland in fifth, uh, Bethlehem steals Brendan Burke in fifth. John Wolniak for Red Bull two in sixth. So, yeah. Um, I just think it was, and I, I've said this like three weeks in a row, you look at what LA Blues were before, and you look at what, and, you know, sure, the front office had a part in this, and the rebound was really good, and LAFC uh, came in and, and, you know, helped him out in terms of affiliation and all that fun stuff. But, I mean, look at what the coach got out of these guys. You know, let's hear. It. He's our our coach of the year, with Bob Lilly in second, Mike Anhauser in third. Uh, anyone want to throw some thoughts on this? Yeah, I think I actually had Anhauser in first because I think, I mean, it was basically rebuilt the entire team from ground up. I don't think most coaches could lose eighty over eighty percent of their entire scoring from the previous season and be fine. I mean, right. this was this was a team none of us thought were like Orange County, who none of us thought would be good. But I just think the massive turnover is the deciding factor. I mean, I have no, I had I, the Orange County coach. I'm not going to try to pronounce the name because I'll mess it up. I had him as my as my second pick, but you I think Tom Brady on a first name basis. Yeah, I I just think the the losing all your scoring pieces is what pushes him over the top for me. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. for a team who usually couldn't score, right? I was glad you did that because I didn't go back and change mine after we talked about it. And after we talked about it, I was, I was kind of reconsidering, thinking, "Man, yeah. I think you guys are right." Because I went almost solely based on like improvement from year to year, and then one or two guys mm-hmm. that are always pretty good. Um, but yeah, that's a really good shot there, Pony. It's incredible. Yeah, I think yeah, it's why to me, it's why those two end up ahead of the Lily and Koch because Lily, we all thought would be decent again because mm. it's Lily ball. I mean, he managed to pull it off getting in a new city with new players and Koch, <laughs> he was supposed to have a good team. In and some ways, Lily were. had less turnover <laughs> with a different team, right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive. But... Oh my God, he probably did. Yeah. That's probably not wrong. That's really <laughs> terrifying. Wow. Brought a lot of rhinos. Um, yeah, that was good. That was good, Phil. Thanks. Uh, Defender of the year, Forrest Lasso for us. Um, Hassan and Dom gets up there. Liam Doyle's there. Friend Hugh Roberts is up there. Uh, Bradley Bourgeois. Uh, Suggs from Colorado Springs. Joe Greenspan. And then uh, Paco Craig and, uh, and Smith, both from Louisville. This is a weird best defender slash, I kind of think, like most improved defender list. Hmm. In Dom, is that what you mean? In Dom and like Roberts, like he put together a good season in Pittsburgh. But I, I like part of that is just he fits really well in that system. Um, I think I the know. system says a lot because obviously, like yeah. Craig and Smith are both Louisville guys, and you know it's hard to separate right. one from the other. Neither one was much worse than the other, if at all. So we were kind of voting for the <laughs> same guy there, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Hester with a really good shout in the live chat. Honorable mention to the three Louisville City players who also served as temporary coaches this year for Coach of the Year. <laughs> for real. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Well done, Matt. Well done. <laughs> um, um, one thing I almost mentioned earlier was Suggs, yeah. who I think is mainly on here because he by far beats everyone in the league, maybe almost doubles everyone in the league in like successful crosses, right? Yep. Yeah, that's I had him on my list, and that's why he's just that perfect defender who just gets out there on the wing and is so deadly. Yeah, he's been like that for years too, and I think he's also the only player on any of our lists that did not make the playoffs this season. Hmm, sounds right. That's interesting. Crippo, yep. did they Hop make the up? playoffs? Oh yeah, yeah. Hope no, no. Oh. Spoiler alert, we have a Reno guy on our poll, but yeah, Grandpa actually <laughs> missed two. There's two people who missed. Yeah, Max and uh, segue for keeper of the year. Matt Pickens finishes first, then Cohen, then Crapo, then Dan Lind, uh, then Wyszynski with, with Phoenix, then McIntosh, and then Evan Newton. So there you go. I, um, I pretty much just combined like save percentage and threw in how many clean sheets there were and then like how many games they played was my tiebreaker just to kind of lay out why some of these guys are in here. And one of my biggest surprises was Cohen was so good. And, you know, I I didn't know he was that good. And obviously he made the second team in USL, so they thought that he was good too. But I just didn't know he was as good as he was this year. And Wazinski had really good stats as well. Um, That was a bit of a somewhat of a surprise to me. I, I mean, I had, I think, as the lone person who put Cohen as first overall, and I mean, I, I honestly almost put him as my on my as my fifth place on my MVP ballot on this because mm. he was so pivotal for Sacramento. I mean, it's pretty rare to have the person who is second in saves and played every game to be on a team who actually finished as high up as they did. Usually, when you have a lot of saves that's not a good thing because they're taking shots like crazy. And looking at it, there's Pickens is the only other person in the top five for saves who actually have the team make playoffs. It's one of those, there was almost no help for him on the back line compared to what some of these other keepers had. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I give it to him over, over Pickens, even though I still have Pickens, I think I am second, but but Cohen quietly had a, an amazing season for Sacramento. Yep. Totally agree. Where'd it go? There it is. Uh, and then MVP, um, Ledesma, Asante, Anna Voldson, Quinn, Lancaster, Oppino, Illich, Cortez. This is the big one, right? So after all of our posturing, Ledesma still wins our MVP. <laughs> we did do a lot of posturing about this, right? I, I remember a certain uh, person on this podcast named Evan. Uh, new people. There's two people on the podcast named Evan. We call one of them Pony to avoid all of the confusion in the world. I'll let you guess which one's Pony. <laughs> it's Evan. <laughs> the one that calls himself Evan. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, but for all the posturing that a certain Evan on this podcast did about how Force Lasso was going to be, you know, MVP over Latesma. Latesma uh, finished yeah. second. I think I was saying if I had to pick one Cincinnati player, I'd take Lasso. Okay, I'm sorry. I did, I did misquote you. It's one I of feel the, like it's a common theme in your I think Lasso is far better than replacement level at his position than Latesma is. But it's also the argument of get down to MVP is MVP valuable or best. That's also a different yeah. argument because if it's best, I think I it's the best MVP award pony. <laughs> Although that's how they pronounce it in, in Spanish speaking countries. But yeah, that's one of that. That has technicalities where I think, although I think it does switch who wins, and in my opinion, it switches who wins. Because if you go best player, Ledesma, valuable, Asante. Hmm. But that's just one of those rabbit holes that get down quite a bit yeah. of 
the best player is not necessarily the most valuable player. I think if like both teams, neither team had like they both went down week one with a season ending injury. I think Cincinnati fills in Ledesma much better than Phoenix fills in for Phoenix. But Phoenix, Phoenix fills in for Asante. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Kevin, are you alive? Do you have any thoughts? I assumed he he had to leave. I'm here. Right. No, you are. I'm sorry. Hey, hi, Kevin. I'm alive. I'm alive. I, I, I have no thoughts. My mind is okay. like slate. <laughs> Calm sea. Well, you were the only one that put Lancaster first. Do you want to talk about why you picked Lancaster? I I could. Uh, my real reasons for it, though, um, I don't know if anyone noticed any of my picks. Uh, there was a certain team that I specifically kept out of any of my picks. So I replaced the person that probably should have been MVP with Lancaster. Um just as a, I don't know, because I felt like it. I was voting from the hip. Um, Asante was my second choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair enough. Well, can I talk about my uh, my one guy who I think is really underrated? Yeah, go for it. Granted, he plays for Louisville, but um, after I looked through all the stats that I was trying to do a decent amount of research for this, I noticed that mm-hmm. Illich was you know pretty high or pretty middle of the road for assists and goals he had 13 goals and 10 assists and i thought that was really good compared to a lot of the other guys um that were kind of up there on both those categories so um yeah he had to have been huge and i guess it's almost like a chicken or egg argument where lancaster's finishing so was lancaster especially a good finisher or was illich putting in awesome assists that made Lancaster that much better. And, and it doesn't hurt that Spencer was so good off the bench. So it makes you wonder how good is Illich? And he definitely didn't get much, you know, appreciation from us throughout the year. And, you know, I have this habit of trying to pick hipster p- picks on everything. And so I guess I was trying to look for the deep dive guy that was better than I realized. And Illich is definitely that guy for me. I really, really liked what he did this year. I'm going to watch him better next year, just like uh, <laughs> I already forgot his name from uh, Charleston. Guys, I think I think that's it. I think we should get out of here. Um, real quick, uh, let me get some plugs off. Um, thank you to Roughneck Scarves for sponsoring this. Check them out, roughneckscarves.com if you need MLS, USL, national team, uh, as well as scarves for your club or fundraiser E-type use. Roughneckscarves.com. Go there. Also, uh, big thanks to uh, Beautiful Game Network Podcast for uh, uploading this and producing it for us. Thanks to Mike. Uh, BGN.FM on the internets and at the BGN.FM on Twitter. Also, if you're looking for uh, USL News in a written fashion, uh, at USL News. That's where you can find the BGN written stuff. Um, which is which is really good. We have a really um, good and very nice stable of writers uh, that I'm super happy that we get to work with. That I'm going to try to get my paws all over um, this off season and, and into this next season, especially with us um, having some more interaction with the league. That'll be fun. Um, if you want to follow the show, you can do that at the USL Show on Twitter. Um, there's a bunch of you. Welcome. If you want to listen to this podcast live every week, you can certainly do that. YouTube.com backslash the USL show, or we just tweet it out when it goes live. Easy enough, right? Um, it's a good way to interact with us, you know, early and get your thoughts out on the show and in real time. And we usually at least look at them, if not talk about them directly. So that's always fun. Um, but if you can't, for whatever reason, listen live most Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, um, we also are on iTunes and Stitcher and anywhere else you download your podcast, or you can just go to the uslshow.com and, and listen to all of our archives from there. We've done some really cool stuff this year. I know I'm biased, but it's my show. I get to say that. Um, you can also check out our good friends at soccer loco. There's a, a blue and orange box, or if you're colorblind, it's a gray and gray box. Um, click on that Buy any soccer thing that you could imagine. Um, it's good stuff. DK will send it to you. Uh, you can also check out our Patreon, patreon.com backslash the USL show. Totally optional, but thank you so much if you if you support us monetarily. Um, as for me, if you want to follow myself personally, at speak, Evan speak on Twitter. 
Um, and uh, before I give it up to everybody else, please vote tomorrow. Please just do it. It's a civic duty. Thank you. I don't care who you vote for. I really don't. Just do it. Um, because if you don't, then you can't complain. That's how that works. Yep. Uh, Kev, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, Twitter, at PDX. Easy enough. Yep. Phil, um, where can people find you on the internet? Phil Grooms, two L's, two O's. I love it. Pony, where can people direct their vitriol towards you, too? At the most professional handle on Twitter is at IronPonyChef. What's amazing to me is that you can change that anytime you'd like. I mean, like, yeah, I've done it this year. I think you're doing it for a long time. I think only two times. Once. And um, brand now, man. Don't rebrand. Yeah, you can't rebrand. Brand now. It would, you would have Worked to keep for Orange County. <laughs> well, that's fair. And Phoenix. I mean, you have to keep the pony, though. Of course. It's like no one knows that you're Evans. You're just Pony. You know? It works so out well. Soccer Pony? Pony Soccer. I would suggest Soccer with Pony, but that's very close to a friend of ours' Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, I'll plug our non-international international correspondent, and usually the man that puts the show in show notes, he does them a lot better than I do. Um, Ryan Allen, you can find him at my favorite airport. Uh, <laughs> not literally. But my favorite airport, uh, geotag, at ILM underscore Ryan. Um, he tweets out really good stuff about analytics and such and such. So go give him a follow, please, and thank you. He needs um, a great way to move to Portland so I can hire him. Mm, mm, we'll, we'll work on that. Yeah. I'll have to get you his contact information. I know you don't have it. Yeah. Uh, guys, thanks for sticking with us this whole uh, this whole season. I'm really excited for those interviews I have coming up, hopefully, once I get confirmation if they're happening. That'll be great. Um, if you're new, super like awesome that you found us and that you hopefully like us. If you're listening to this for the first time and you don't like us, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, until next week, when we get to talk about the champion of USL in 2018, we only have one rule here, and that's, that's don't be a dick. Take care, everybody. <laughs>